From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm Mayan Schechter, clearly not Gavin Jackson, your host for this episode recorded on January 26th. Your regular host, Gavin, is undergoing a mini hibernation right now, at least we assume so, after his return from Iowa and New Hampshire. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it, but I don't think so. If you're registered and voting in the South Carolina Republican presidential primary on February 24th, this episode is for you. Thank you. On this podcast series, we've been exploring the GOP presidential primary. We've talked about the people, the places, past elections in South Carolina, and even more importantly, why South Carolina is such an integral part of any candidate's road to the White House. Yes. And you... Yes, you, dear listener, are an integral part of this podcast. So remember, the lead loves hearing from you and everybody else, and that's why we've set up a voicemail box that you can call to share your thoughts, hot takes, questions. Tell Gavin Jackson to let me have the podcast at 803-563-7169. We'll also be interested in hearing your feedback about the podcast itself, what you like, don't like, <clears throat> Gavin, and want to see more or less of. So leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's on your mind. And if you don't want to be on the pod, just let us know. Call or text at Okay, full disclosure, this episode was supposed to run earlier than this week, but between the return of the South Carolina legislature and the incoming February 3rd Democratic presidential primary, this girl, me, was a bit tied up. So, number one, I hope you plan to register for the GOP primary, and I hope you've done so because the cutoff was this week, as in January 25th of this week. But the registration is not the only important piece of information you need to know about. First, I think, AT, I think we should hit people with some facts. First fact. Overall, South Carolina has over 3.2 million registered voters. And of that total, nearly 1.8 million are women and roughly 1.4 million are men. Okay, that's the entire state. We don't have exact registration totals yet for the upcoming GOP primary, and it's important to remember that South Carolina has actually added a lot of new residents, which means a lot of new voters, over the last few years. And so it's likely we've got more election participants than perhaps in past years. But we can probably learn a bit from voter participation in the last few election cycles. (laughs) Second fact. So, in 2020, there was no GOP primary, but then President Donald Trump received nearly 1.4 million votes, or 55 percent of the votes, against now President Joe Biden. Four years before that, in 2016, when Trump was a candidate and in a six-person primary race, over 700,000 people turned out to vote, and that's when the number of registered voters was below—I can't even believe this was ever below— Three million people. What? I think 
AT, that's enough data points before a weekend. Okay. There's still a ton to know about voting in South Carolina's GOP primary. And so for this episode, we talked to South Carolina House Representative Brandon Newton. He's a Republican from Lancaster County who shepherded legislation through the state house that has forever changed election law in the state. We also talked to Drew McKissick, the chairman of the South Carolina Republican Party. And we've also got a lot of good info from the State Election Commission, the go-to agency that handles all things elections, obviously. So make sure to keep them in your website bookmarks this year at scvotes.gov. Okay, so you're registered to vote. What do you do now? (laughs) Third fact. You need to know that you need a photo ID, like a driver's license or a DMV ID card, a voter registration card with a photo, a federal military ID, or a U.S. passport. You can find all of this information about what to bring with you on the State Election Commission website. What is that? Again, it's scvotes.gov. All right. When do you vote? Fourth fact. It doesn't have to be on February 24th. That's because the legislature passed a law with bipartisan support enacting two weeks. When I approached the issue, I wanted to make sure that when we're going to do election law, that there's some buy-in from the other party. Now, I, I will admit, I never thought we'd get a unanimous vote out of both bodies. Very proud of that, but never saw that coming. And so I wanted to make sure that they felt that, hey, we're not just trying to change the rules to suit ourselves. We're trying to make change the rules, to make the system better. And secondly, we really had to do this to some degree because our laws were basically written for the old voting system we used, the old touch screens that didn't use paper and they were bought after the 2000 election, the Bush v. Gore stuff in Florida. And so our laws really hadn't altered in any real way since then. And so our new system has, you know, two machines that has the paper ballot back up. And so there were some updates we had to make or we were going to start running into serious issues legally with how we would do recounts and how we would do audits because what the law said was starting to become impossible to do system. So there was some there was some push from that end that we had to make updates. And then secondly, there was the, the desire to make sure that this did not come across as one side demanding fully what they want to the contrary of the opposite. That's Representative Newton, who said in part that running in-person voting is actually a lot smoother and cheaper for county election offices and perhaps much easier for you, South Carolina voters, too. It's two weeks. It's two Saturdays. It's 830 to 6. So there's that hour after work that never existed with absentee voting. Um, And the goal is to get people who, if they're ready to vote, to go ahead and vote and get out of the way. And then secondly, you also get to vote at any early voting location in your county. So that's a very important change. So um, it, it doesn't require you to go to the one that's closest to your house. When it comes to early voting, as long as you're in your county, you can vote at any site. Helps a lot with commuters, people who, um, I think the best examples, like I always use Spartanburg, someone that might live, you know, 40 minutes from downtown Spartanburg, but works there and they're still in the county, they could vote downtown on the lunch break. Or they could vote at some site on the way back home. You're probably asking yourself, I'm just going to assume that you're asking yourself, Mayan, what about absentee voting? Where did that go? You know, where you could use one of a handful of excused absences to vote early. And we're going to assume that you've always used those excused absences correctly, accurately, 
judiciously. Thank you. Well, the state didn't get rid of that entirely due to the new law, but the new law is aimed to crack down on people who used absentee voting to simply vote early. Not like not like you, not like you. Here's Representative Newton again. We didn't get rid of absentee voting. It's still there for people who need it. It's simply no longer a choice people have in voting. It's more of a necessity in voting. Mm-hmm. If you need absentee voting, you can do absentee voting. But it's not something you can just choose to do out of convenience. It's back to what its original meaning always was, was someone who really was absent from election day for one reason or another. And the only difference was we expanded that to also mean the early voting period. So it can't be that you're out of town on election day. You got to be out of town on election day and the early voting period because there's no difference in voting early on on election day now. The new voting law does a bunch of other things, too. For example, it aims to curb the number of ballots that someone can return. What Representative Newton said can be a detriment to trust. And it more clearly states how a voter can return their ballot. So, for instance, election offices cannot have drop boxes outside on a corner somewhere or in a parking lot that isn't being monitored. And the law actually allows offices to begin processing absentee ballots a bit earlier, helping to kick out those results a bit quicker. Okay, South Carolina voters, you got your calendars ready. If you're driving, pull over on the side of the road, pull out that planner you got from Target, and get your pencils ready. Yes. Early voting in the state's GOP primary starts Monday, February 12th, and ends February 22nd. Offices will be closed February 18th and 19th. Early voting centers are open from 8.30 a.m. to 6 p.m., and you can find those offices in your county at where? SC Votes. Come on, guys, let's go. Now, switching over to the primary itself, and the primary is nigh, you've probably heard that South Carolina has open primaries. That means that anyone can vote in either primary. We do not have party registration in South Carolina. You just cannot, let me emphasize, cannot vote in both primaries. Once you vote in the Democratic primary, you cannot return to the ballot box to vote for a Republican. You know, our position as a state party has been for years that we believe uh, we should have partisan voter registration in South Carolina. That's Drew McKissick, the state GOP chair. I've actually put a question along those lines on our primary ballot in the last three primaries. Uh, And I anticipate we'll do so again, Uh, again, to let primary voters speak out to our legislature in terms of how they would prefer Uh, one, for parties to identify their supporters. I mean, one of the most important things that a party can do is identify who else identifies with that party so we can get together and organize. Having people register by party uh, or having the option to, not that they would be required to, uh, would be a big boon to political organization, which is good for the state. It's good for civics. So we're going to push again to try to see that happen here in South Carolina. Now, while there are and have been efforts in the legislature to pass bills that deal with party registration, so far those efforts have not been successful. I see A.T. looking through the glass, and I know he's got this question, so let me go ahead and answer it for him. Every election cycle, there are always questions about, is it safe? Is it secure? I want everybody else to know this, and I want A.T. to know this. Party leaders and the State Election Commission want to stress, yes, our elections are safe and secure. Phew. 
So when we talked, McKissick and Representative Newton mentioned, for instance, that the Election Commission performs audits to ensure security and machines also include paper ballots. Here's Representative Newton again. Auditing became a catchphrase after the 2020 election, what happened in Arizona, Georgia and other states. A lot of people don't realize that in South Carolina, we have always audited every election. Like that's a common thing. They audit the presidential race. They audit the special election for a watershed district person as as part of our process. Um, But one of the changes we made because of the new voting system, they do hand count audits now after election. They'll open a precinct and they'll literally hand count it to make sure the electronic count matches the hand count. We have still had no issues with that since the system came into effect in 2020. So we've gone through two elections now in countless special elections and had zero problems with the electronic count not matching the hand count. That usually lets people feel good because most of the distrust I've heard is two ways. It's either they don't trust the voter rolls. We did some stuff to clean up the voter rolls and to make sure state agencies were actually sharing data that we thought they were and turns out some of them weren't. Um, and then secondly, they worry, does the electronic count match the actual count? A lot of people talk about having paper ballots. Well, we have paper ballots. That, that's actually why we purchased the system. Because, look, if there's ever a problem, we can just open up every ballot box in the state and start counting. But we do these hand count audits to make sure the electronic count matches the hand count. As long as it does, I think that usually gives people enough comfort that the system is working. Most people just didn't realize and don't realize that we do that in South Carolina. Um, And when they learn that, their trust in the system begins to go way up. Now, A.T., again, I know you have this other question, so I'm going to go ahead and answer it for you. Thank you. I see it all over your face through this glass. Stop. Lawmakers are talking about further changes to election law. But don't you worry, A.T., don't you and everybody else worry. That's not going to impact next month's primaries takes too long to pass a bill. All right. I feel like, A.T., I've dumped a lot of information on our listeners and obviously onto you, too. And, you know, without Gavin, I feel like I'm kind of talking to myself, which, you know, maybe it's not that bad. We love you. Well, Gavin will be back for our next episode as we get closer to the February 24th Republican primary. And we will talk about how to win South Carolina again. And we're going to give you a crash course on everything you need to know about the 2024 GOP primary, like who exactly is going to be on the ballot? That's actually a very important thing that people need to know, right? Yes. Okay, dear listener, I I hope I've done everything correct to shepherd you through this episode. And so I want you to continue listening, which also means subscribing. So Subscribe to the South Carolina Lead wherever you find podcasts, and we'll have a new South Carolina 2024 designated episode in the coming weeks. You can find out more about the primary, the latest news from the trail, and more at SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org and SCETV.org slash SC2024, your home for campaign 2024 coverage. Thanks so much for listening to the pod this week. Show us your appreciation by leaving us a review or voicemail at 803-563-7169. Stay up with the latest on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And also do not forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm the better host, Mayan Schechter. Be well, South Carolina. But I just feel like the wear and tear of the week is making my face melt.